Welcome to Welcome to the Howell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 4, All Hallowell's Eve. All Hallowell's Eve. Okay, so we're only on Season 3. Like, Prue's still alive. So this might be a little bit premature. Yes. But, but I think this is my favorite episode of Charmed. Okay, people always talk about reality bites with Mora- a lie. Morality. morality bites, yes. Uh, As like one of the top episodes of Charmed. And it is. It is it deserves its accolades. There are episodes I like better, but Honestly, I really feel like this one gets overlooked a lot as one of the stronger episodes of Charmed. It also feels maybe a little bit like a repilot. Yeah, I can really see that. Yeah. Which is weird because they've burned through a lot of kind of this is the show nows. They're really, they're, bless them, they are really pushing the triad as a... Oh, God. Like... Uh, there, there's a bit where they're like, do you think it's the triad? Which, oh my god. <laughs> Plus, when we get to that part, I get to tell the story that I've been dying to tell. About the apple peel. Oh, yes. I'm very excited to tell that story. But yeah, this is low-key, I think, one of the best episodes of Charmed. Oh, and plus, you know I love a time travel story. Yeah. So what you're telling me is you're super excited for the Chris seasons. I, you know what? I think that we're going to be pleasantly surprised when we go and watch Chris. Oh, I am super excited to talk about Chris. <laughs> I mean, like, smash cut to us talking about Chris. But for now, I'm, 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 I'm glad to t- talk about it. I'm not, like, anxious to get to it because we're still... In the really great Cole stuff. Mm. Mm, I love Cole. I love Cole so much that I tried to watch an episode of Nip Tuck and it was so, like, terrible. Like, not that the show was terrible, but that it's about terrible people. And I was like... Oh, and you only watched, like, the first episode. I didn't even get through the end of the first episode. It gets so much worse. I made the mistake of watching that show with my parents. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I think we made it, like, three episodes in, and then I was like, you know what? I, I think this might not be... I think this might not be a family-watching show. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know what show is a good family watch? This Char- particular episode of Charmed. Okay, because I was about to say... I'm not sure I'd say Charmed is. I mean, we're not quite into the... I know this is going to sound weird given what we're about to talk about, but we're not really into the fetishy seasons of Charmed yet. He said as... uh, Okay, but here it's okay because it is Halloween, as the title implies, right? It is Halloween and the girls are all in their costumes and they all have... Okay, here's the thing. I think we're supposed to see that they're all witches. Yeah, that that's the thing. I'm I'm like, okay, they're all witches. Very clearly Piper. Elvira's not a witch. Yeah, that's because Piper dresses Glinda, the good witch of the north, south, south in the book, but I think north in the movie. I think that's correct. Phoebe is dressed as Elvira, who is not a witch, but I believe does witch-adjacent things. I know she mostly introduces horror movies, but she had magic powers in yeah, her... Yeah, if anything, uh, though, she's a demon. She she had powers in the movies, right? Like, she's Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. She's a... If anything... Oh, wow. Reversing 
Okay, I'm okay with this. She's the queen of the demons. Okay, what? Nope, you know what? It's okay. Foreshadowing. Phoebe, Phoebe chose the appropriate costume. You know, I had... Unlike Prue? Oh, my God. Okay, before we talk about Prue's costume, I just have to tell you that I went as Elvira like three years in a row because it is an amazing look. Yes, and I believe you are well suited to that. I feel like you can pull that off very well. Well, thank you. All right, now let's talk about what Prue's doing. Okay, so I think she's supposed to be like a candy witch or something. I don't know what her outfit is supposed to be. It's so confusing. Her hair is all like slicked back and it has these weird things stuck in it. They're like... I I think they might be supposed to be like flowers. Like she's like a nature witch, but they're like pink and purple. They might be candy. Yeah, and she's wearing this kind of like bustier she's wearing a black corset uh, a corseted dress yeah and and she's got like glitter yeah she's got glitter all over her i love glitter it makes everyone feel like a star anyway she's got glitter all over herself and she's got like bright blue eyeshadow i don't know what she's going for like if she wasn't wearing the black corseted dress if she was wearing like a more natural fabric natural color dress then i could see how she would be like a woods witch i mean it just really looks like a club outfit to me like you know what it looks like to me it looks like an episode from season one of project runway before they were good enough to attract like designers who knew what they were doing god why do people go on rupaul's drag race without knowing how to sew I only watched a few seasons of it, but by, like, season four or five, I was like, why don't you know how to sew? Giant pet peeve of mine. Like, you know you're going on a show where you have to create clothes. Why would you not take the time to learn how to do that before going on national TV? Giant pet peeve of mine. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so I I have no idea what Prue's doing, but they, they talk about how they're all three dressed as witches, so... Whatever this, whatever's happening here, (laughs) it is meant to be a witch outfit. There's a lot of costume changes for them this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I guess two, but there's a lot of costumey costumes this episode. Oh, by the way, Leo is there as well, and Leo's wearing his army uniform. Dude, you died in that. Doesn't that feel weird? I guess it's nice that the elders let him make a version of it that isn't covered in viscera, as I'm assuming his actual one was. Well, he probably has, like, more than one. Do you think he, like, grave-robbed himself after he died? Like, he just grabbed a bunch of his stuff for the afterlife? I mean, we know he appeared to his wife at least once. Actually, I don't think any of the stuff is real. It's all, like... As long as he's a white lighter, I think he can, like, magically make any clothes out of white lighterness. Well, we know that he can glamour himself, so maybe his clothes are just kind of an extension of that. Maybe he's just walking around naked all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he almost never uses the ability to make himself look like other people, you know, as a... I mean, I know you can't do this with white lighters, but it seems like that would be a really useful thing to him for him to use more than he does. Yeah. So, remember that episode of Buffy? I should have looked up if this episode aired first or that episode of Buffy aired first, because actually I think this episode might have aired first. Are you talking about Willow going to the witch club? 
or are you talking about Willow being mad and uh, at Halloween at people dressed as witches? Because that's the one I meant. Willow being mad at people dressed as, as witches on Halloween. Oh, that was season five. God, that Buffy, so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that came after this. Yeah. Wow, Charmed did it before Buffy. But yes, Phoebe is mad at Halloween's stereotypical portrayals of witches. She, I don't think she ever outright calls it like offensive, but she she skirts that line a lot. She's like, it, "This is this is how people see us as hags flying on broomsticks across the moon." This definitely isn't setting a very particular image up for later in the episode, right? This is in no way a Ben Grimm Blackbeard thing. So. Phoebe claims that her outfit, her costume, is a protest statement, which... You're you're protesting by dressing as a sexy witch? Well, they're unclear, although Prue does say it's impressive that you managed to come up with a protest statement that shows so much cleavage, and Phoebe's like, why, thank you! I mean, Prue's not really in a position to talk, but... Well, but she's not saying it's a protest statement. I'm just unclear what... Phoebe thinks she's protesting dressing as Elvira. I mean, if anything, Piper's witch portrayal is more subversive because it's very pink and fluffy. A good witch. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Prue's was subversive because it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh. So, Daryl shows up. And uh, he's talking to his wife on the phone. Oh, hey, Daryl has a wife. Established. Daryl has a wife. He will not be a romantic interest for anyone. And Daryl is dressed in... Although I think we heard about her before in the Abandoned Baby episode. We had heard about her already. I just, I like when the show remembers that he's married. Yeah. We will see her briefly later before they, you know, axe Daryl. Yeah. So Daryl is going to go out to the club with them to p3 i don't know why his wife was not invited that seems rude honestly well they have kids i think so she's presumably with them i mean he should be with them instead of hanging out with his three young female friends that he knows through his dead partner his most problematic cis yes he's also dressed in his like rookie uniform from when he was a beat cop Uh, come on daryl Put a little effort in. You're not Jim from The Office. I I hate when guys are like, oh, I'm just going to wear what I have around and put in no effort. And he mentions... To be fair, I did that when I did my casual Aquaman cosplay. But I fortunately had the pieces of an Aquaman cosplay just in my closet, so... Yeah. Leo mentions that he's wearing his old uniform, too. And Daryl's like, um, that's a... That's a That's a World War Two soldier thing. Is there is there magical bullshit going is this a magic bullshit thing? Do I need to know about some magic bullshit? And they're like, Yes it is magic bullshit. No you don't need to know. Let's go to P three. I don't get why nobody tells Daryl what Leo's deal is throughout the course of this episode. Literally it would be so easy. Two words. Guardian Angel. Wanna make it four? Guardian Angel for witches. Yeah. Like, it would be the easiest thing in the universe to explain to Daryl, but instead they're, whoa, I I don't have time to explain, Daryl. We're trapped with demons in the house, although I could easily leave and or take you with me. Oh, come on. It's not like he has a magical power that allows him to 
you know, magically transport himself and others to other places. Oh, wait. I mean, I, I know, again, this is the thing with Leopold. It feels like he could probably have taken care of the problem himself. He could have just orbed them away. I, I think that's, like, against the rules. It's, it's against the rules of engagement. To be helpful at all. Oh, so... I was gonna say he took out that dark lighter that was making Amy Adams kill herself, but I guess dark lighters would fall under his purview as a white lighter. Yes, they definitely do. Guys, Leo is allowed to punch. So, Phoebe mentions that Cole is coming to uh, join them, and Daryl's like, Cole Turner, the ADA, and it's this weird moment where it sounds like Daryl is suspicious of Cole, and... I don't think that goes anywhere. And, and it doesn't work either. Like, based on their histories, he should not be suspicious of Cole. Unless his idea of Cole is being tainted by the fact that he is possibly mixed up in this witchy bullshit. Mm. You know, I think he was unnerved by Cole's willingness to resort to violence in the episode that introduced Cole mm. as an ADA. You know, as opposed to a cop who can resort to violence as much as they want. But... I don't know. That also feels like it could be a reach. And they were just like, we need to remind you, you know, who Cole is and what his relationship is. With. So we just needed to throw out the line, Cole, the ADA? Yes. Okay. Meanwhile, Grimlocks. Right. Hey. Grimlocks, the, the demons that make kids go blind. Yes. They steal children's sight and then use it to see people's good auras. And they try to find the best auras and then they eat the auras, which kills the people. This is a, That's a very, lot of steps. It's a lot of steps, but, you know, it's a living. These guys, if you remember from the episode, oh God, I don't remember what. The, it was probably called, like, Eyes of the Beholder or something. Yeah, I keep on thinking Blind Alley, but that's the episode of X-Men Evolution where Mystique uh, steals Scott Summers' visor and then drops him in the middle of Mexico. Cold. That's some cold-ass shit there. Yeah. Well, she wanted revenge for... God, I think it's him stopping her from manipulating Rogue into killing someone or something. God, it's really easy to get on Mystique's bad side. Well, yeah. She, uh, she's a shapeshifter. It's all bad sides. I would think if you were a shapeshifter, it would be all good sides. Hmm. Anyway, That's the I'll... thing with a shapeshifter. You can never tell. Ooh. Anyway, a little kid runs up to the Grimlocks and is like, wow, your costumes are awesome. And <laughs> They are taking so long to take this kid's eyesight. Well, they have to take a long time so that Cole can show up and be like, hey, this is my turf. Okay, can I, can I just say, I would watch an entire show that was just about Cole the demon dealing with demon bullshit. Like, like Lucifer, but with Cole? Yeah, where... Yeah, except unlike Lucifer, you just have him be a straight-up evil guy who's doing evil stuff. But, you know, there's a whole, I want to call Bureaucracy? It, yeah, I, I was going to say organization, but evil doesn't really seem all that organized, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you take a bunch of creatures, I suppose, that have very different motives and methods and styles, but they all have to work together because they fall under the big blanket of evil. Yeah! Ooh, I would watch that show. But anyway, Cole's like, okay, cut that out, stop it. And they're like, you can't tell us what to do. You're not our boss. And he's like, well, 
I'm a way more powerful demon than you, so yes, I can tell you what to do. This is my territory. I'm hunting the charmed ones, and they're like, we, we're hunting the charmed ones. He's like, eat, eat. Cole's like, as you know, you were vanquished by the charmed ones two years ago. And they're like, ah, that is true. But as you know, it is Halloween when the veil between worlds is thin. I feel like they don't really use this enough. Apparently on Halloween when the veil between worlds is thin, uh, those who know how can escape the, uh, not the underworld, but the underworld-esque place where you go if you're a demon and you die. The, the second like, death. Yeah, the place that has the graboid creature. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently you can just kind of walk out of super hell if you, uh, if you know how. On Halloween. Uh, oh, yes, only on Halloween. This, I feel like it's very underutilized because it could be used to bring back basically any villain. Yeah, yeah. They really should have used it more. I bet Barbus just comes back every Halloween after they kill him. Oh. Like, like. Oh my god, I want to read this fan fiction where, like, Barbus comes back and is watching Phoebe, like, just to make sure she's okay, but can't do anything because he doesn't want to get super hell killed again. Barbus the Fear Demon. Oh, not, um... Not Balthazar. Not Balthazar. Sorry, you you said Barbus, I said Barbus, I was hearing Balthazar. That's that's the story I want to hear, I want to read, though. Okay, because that would be a very different story. Oh, I, I mean, I guess it would just be Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Nancy had stayed around as the protagonist for more than a few movies. Wow, we are so off track. Anyway, he... He makes the uh, Grimlock stop blinding the kid, and he's like, look, if you want to get your revenge, you're going to have to act fast, because I've got big plans for the Hollowell sisters. And he said, he specifically says that his plans were for later, but he's going to do it tonight so that he can get them before the Grimlocks get them. I kind of like that this really is not a plan to kill or even really get rid of the Charmed Ones. Is it not? It really feels like it's more of a test on his part. Because I feel like he very easily could have shifted the balance of what happened. Mm. Also, I know time travel, but if he had succeeded, then it would have eliminated his whole purpose in going back in time in the first place. And then he never would have gone back in time. Yep, it would have been a problem. So... I mean, I guess... You could just go back in time because you had the vague feeling that if you don't stop this thing from happening, some very powerful witches will be born. So I kind of want to use this as a time freeze, but it's not really appropriate for any time, so I'm just going to go ahead and call it out. Mm -hmm. There are caramel apples that the witches have prepared that they're presumably going to give out as Halloween treats. And I would almost say that this is a time freeze because you can't just give out homemade things to kids. Like, that's that's not considered safe. Yes. Parents want things that are, you know, in, in packaging. Except this was not appropriate... At the time. At the time. So... I mean, I was too old for trick-or-treating at this point. But, like, yeah, when I was a kid, you couldn't hand out... Actually, yeah. that makes the point stronger. When I was a kid, you couldn't hand out... Like, if I got cookies or candy apples, they'd get right in the trash. Even though I know the razor blades and candy never actually happened. Or, no, it, it actually happened, but it was this guy who served it to, like, 
the, his daughter and the her few, friends. The few times that we know that it was actually, that it actually happened, it was parents poisoning their children. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a real thing that actually happens. Oh my god, do you remember when uh, weed got legalized? I was just going to say, as long as we're talking about things that aren't real, weed gummies are way too expensive to give to your kids. No one is putting weed gummies in, uh, in Halloween bags. It was the stupidest thing. I saw not a ton of articles, but enough where I was like, really? Also, that's not the way that marijuana candy is sold. Like... Yeah, it's not sold in. It's not sold. It's not sold in fun size. Yeah, like no one would be doing that. That would be a huge, huge waste of money for what to get children high. That's who would want to do that. I know who would want to do a lot of stuff, but like that's a really, really expensive thing to do. Yeah, for no reason. So back at the Hollowell Manor, the Grimlocks have shown up. Yeah, they decided that since Cole, you know, is, since Cole is going to apparently enact his plan to get rid of the Charmed Ones now, they need to move in. And Phoebe opens the door and she's like, oh, those are great costumes. They look kind of like, oh, oh no, oh no, it's the Grimlocks. And then the Grimlocks start draining Phoebe and Piper's good auras. And Leo's in the kitchen, Leo's spider sense goes off and he's like, uh-oh, the girls are in danger. And Daryl's like, really? I was just asking you what you're doing. And Leo's like, no, 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 no time. Girls in danger. But the danger is not the Grimlocks. He comes in and he's like, hey, I have to tell you about something that's up too late. Portal. Yeah. Prue runs into the room, telekinetically throws the Grimlocks, and then a portal opens up behind the sisters and sucks them in. So now Leo and Daryl are stuck in the house with the Grimlocks. Who are frozen. Piper froze them before they got sucked in. Yes. Uh, weird that she didn't do that earlier. It's weird that she turned around and ran. Yeah, that is weird. Thus giving the Grimlocks time to suck on her aura. But, yeah, no. Uh, Prue threw them. Piper froze them. But now Piper and Prue are gone. Also and Phoebe. Phoebe. Uh, for some reason, their wigs didn't go through. Like, their their costumes went through, but their wigs stayed behind. So you're saying in the actual series finale that should have happened, where the Charmed Ones declare war on the Elders, they should have just wrapped themselves in wigs and flew up to White Lighter Land to kick the crap out of them? That's not what I was saying. What I was saying was, someone forgot to bring the wigs to set when they, uh... <laughs> When they went to shoot the scenes in the past, and they were like, oh, let's just say the wigs can't go through. So, this reminds me so much of the episode of Farscape we just talked about. Right, they go through a wormhole! Yes, the girls go through a wormhole, and they fall into the past. We can tell it's the past because it's outside, and there are rocks. (laughs) There are rocks and trees next to each other. Ergo, the past. Okay, okay. And they find a witch's altar when they go through. Mm-hmm. And they also find witch hunters. So this yeah. little sojourn into the past lasted about 10 seconds before they got uh, dinged. Witch hunters who are like, no, that's exactly right, right? The witch hunters, they're like, kill the witches. And there's like a whole platoon of them. There's like, what, 20, 30 guys there? I feel bad for the guys on foot. I mean, I don't because they're trying to murder women. But... Like, 
you're part of this group that's out trying to kill witches, and there's like 20 guys on horseback, and then there's like 20 guys who are just walking. And you have to imagine, any witches will be very dead by the time you cut up to the horse guys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but what exactly is it about these women? I guess it's that they were at the altar. I was going to say, what pegs them as witches? I'd say probably some combination of the outfits and the altar. Yeah. Anyway, one guy finds them and... Immediately rolfs it up. Yeah, right? He, like, makes smoldering eye contact with Prue. And Piper's about to freeze him, but Prue's like, no, wait. He won't give us away. And he's like, there's nothing here. This is my least favorite part of this episode. (laughs) I genuinely like this episode a lot. I do not care for Prue's subplot. I forgot that instead of giving her, like, a steady love interest, she gets dozens of one-shot love interests and it's just not worth getting emotionally invested in any of them it really feels like a giant waste of time here okay so what's weird is my brain had completely filled in a plot that does not happen when he saw them and does not give them away in my brain i remembered him being melinda warren's father like that he was the the warren sire well that would have made sense yeah and that he was so this isn't the story that happens it's just he's just some guy but in my head i remembered that the reason he was with the witch hunters was specifically to lead them away from i forget melinda's mother's name but to lead them away from her to protect her also spoiler alert we're gonna see the birth of melinda warren yeah i'm kind of surprised constance and Virgin didn't write this episode like, this just feels like it's very heavy into the show's lore. This is a very lore-heavy episode, and it's not just a lore-heavy episode. It's an episode that is heavy on kind of traditions of witchcraft, which is another thing I think of as being a Constance Emberge. Yeah, it's kind of, because we're still in the early seasons, but it's interesting to see sort of the... Uh, comparison between the hollywood action drama comedy tv whatever genre charmed is you know that kind of witchcraft where witchcraft is just an excuse to have superpowers that make plots happen versus hey look it's all about you know the relationship between you and the earth and it's all about moving energy and it's not about shooting colored light from your hands or you know creating dudes to have sex with who can show side butt in the uh previews it's not about Alyssa milano and fish pasties now this episode oh god that episode oh i can't wait to get to that episode a mermaid's tale a mermaid's tale it's a two-parter what what i i don't understand why they thought that that justified two episodes but i guess we'll get to that eventually um but this episode was written by cheryl j anderson who has been with the show from the beginning and does really seem to have the mission when it comes to incorporating folk traditions of witchcraft into the stories and also don't forget she wrote the witches back oh oh yeah 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 this is drawing this 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 is very much it's weird, I was talking about it in relation to uh, Morality Bites, but this is really a sequel episode to The Witch's Back. Yeah. Which or, was or, the Melinda Warren episode. Or prequel episode, since this is the birth of Melinda Warren. Yes. 
Anyway, the, uh, the Grimlocks are frozen and Daryl's like, God damn it, demons. I, I don't want to deal with this witchy bullshit. And yet somehow I decided that I should go out with witches on Halloween instead of staying home with my family. Yeah, that was a bad move on your part, Daryl. Meanwhile, Leo's like, yeah, yeah, demons, whatever. What we really need to worry about is the fact that the time portal sucked them back in time before I could tell them the stakes. And Daryl's like, I'm sorry, what's your deal again? And Leo's like, I don't have time to explain it. Which you do. It's two words. Maybe four. Guardian angel, four witches. Guardian angel, four witches. Bam, done. But yeah, Leo's like, look, my bosses, by the way, I... I have bosses, and they're magic, secret, special bosses, but I can't just say the goddamn words Guardian Angel. Or, hell, white later and then explain it. Come on. But, no, his bosses have sent the girls out on a mission through time, and they need to learn something or else something, something bad thing. But there's no time to talk about that because the Grimlock's on freeze. Right. Also, the girls need to know the time limit, which is that they need to accomplish their thing by midnight. Is witchcraft. Witchcraft. So, the Grimlocks get up and uh, they're like, oh, do you think that portally thing, which I guess we saw despite being frozen? Yeah. Okay, I forgot to mention it. It is one of my favorite things. When Piper froze them... She did it by pointing her Glinda wand at them. She did. She didn't even make her signature hand gesture. She just pointed her Glinda wand and froze them. Uh, But apparently they were conscious enough during the freeze to see the time portal. Okay, whatever. But they assumed that that was what Cole was talking about moving forward. That Cole snatched them. And there's this shot where the Grimlocks step on the cutout picture of a witch that Phoebe had been complaining about earlier. God. So, again, it seems like a lot of complaining about this episode, even though I I, I do like it. It's a really good episode. But the scene transition effect they use to indicate that they're going from the past to the future or vice versa, it's bad. Star wipe! (laughs) Yeah. It's essentially a story. It is like a thing your family's camcorder had in the 90s for scene transitions. It's really weird. It's it. I had never noticed it, but then once you pointed it out, it was like, oh my god, this is taking me out of the scene every single time. Because it just, it flips over. and then Yeah, it's, it flips... it's actually a flip wipe or whatever. Yeah, which, that's the sort of thing you use in very broad comedies. It feels mega out of place a here. broad comedy is like in the 80s like this isn't even a anyway back in the past the uh the the local to that time witches have snatched the charmed ones because yeah after being saved by blandy mc witch hunter guy uh the girls had sacks thrown over their heads but it's okay because they were just being brought back to this time period's coven which is run by gabrielle from xena yeah, I mean, not literally. N- not literally. Not literally. But the actress they have as this witch is dressed like Gabrielle. She has the Gabrielle hairdo with the blonde bangs. And she has the, like... Oh, God. Not her... I, I think... No, my might have been her first outfit. Either her first or second outfit. Back when she was dressing in, like, the, the like, bodice dress with, like, the long sleeve shirt. 
before she transitioned into the uh like green actiony outfit uh-huh. and then transitioned further into a actiony outfit that would that like bore her midriff more than her other one it's very you you can tell what season of xena you're in by how little clothes gabrielle has because she starts out wearing just a full outfit and then by the end of the show she's basically in like a bra and panties ah okay but like a battle bra sure 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 i I didn't watch that far into the show i i stopped way earlier than that but uh oh god i stopped before she got her significant haircut and fanfic writers started writing the show because i i should i should i should probably watch more xena or not there's a lot of good tv out there there is i i haven't i've only watched the one episode of xena showed me so i have really nothing to contribute to this well, I mean, I should just take you through all the Callisto episodes because I feel like you would get a lot out of. I was a terrible blind spot in my like nerdery that I haven't watched Xena. I should really do that. So the girls find out that they're back in the year sixteen seventy. The woman who is not Gabriella is Eve, a midwife, and she brought them here from the future. So that they could go and rescue Charlotte, a woman who is pregnant, whose child is prophesied to be important and has been kidnapped by a demon who's going to raise the baby evil. Well, I think an evil witch. Sorry, an evil witch. Yes. Yeah. There's a power struggle over this destiny baby. This baby's destiny will change everything. Uh... God, this is kind of a preview for the whole Wyatt stuff later. It really is. I I noticed you got a little, like, your hackles raised a little when she said that, because it is a preview of the thing we're going to talk about that I don't care for, where you can just be good or evil. Although here, it's the opposite, right? Here, it's it's nurture, not nature, Mm. that makes you good or evil. So, and this, I feel like it's a strong concept, you know, you're back in time, you need to save this baby, you know the baby's not in, like, physical danger. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like there's a lot working for this being a, uh, I don't want to say testing mission. Oh, no, this is the, this is their, their crucible. God, this should have been witch trial. I know... There were a bunch of different episodes that the title Witch Trial would have worked better for. But honestly, this is so much... This is serving kind of the same narrative purpose as the season uh, two episode, Witch Trial. The opener of season two. Mm -hmm. Where a demon steals the Book of Shadows and starts undoing all of the spells. And then Grams reveals that she, like, let it happen because they're entering a new stage of witchcraft and they needed to renew their vows to be witches or something well okay so as is the problem with every episode that i really love Mm -hmm. the whole point of this episode seems to be giving them a connection to their past part of the problem with the way they were raised where they were cut off from their heritage they were cut off from their power and and literally not raised to know about the community or or their traditions that's that's a big gap, right? So it's not just that they were sent back in time to test them. It's that they were sent back in time to give them this information about 
who they are and where they come from. Quite literally where they come from. But also, like, what the folk tradition of witchcraft is. And that there is such a thing. And the problem with all of this good stuff is... Sure would be great if that kept being a thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to give the elders too much credit, so... I feel like this is more about getting them to understand the roots of their own powers mm-hmm. so that they can better utilize those powers in the fight against evil. I feel like this is all just about, hey, look, you have this whole other set of skills beyond, you know, telekinesis, time freezing, and levitation. Mm-hmm. Like, there are all of these things you can do if you just look into the root of your power. And then that never gets acknowledged again. Honestly, maybe because it might make the sisters a little too powerful, but that's also a problem we just straight up have later anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So. But, oh God, I, I love, I love how Gabrielle Witch is like, you're supposed to be the most powerful witches of all time. So I'm sure I won't have to spend this whole episode explaining basic stuff to you. You can just swoop right in there and save that baby. She gives them a sleeping potion to take out the men first, so that's that's good. That's handy. Also, they change into uh, more period-appropriate outfits. I really appreciate that the the coven, knowing that they were bringing people from the future, just had outfits ready to go for them. Like They, they were like, yeah, they're going to be wearing some crazy-ass stuff when we pull them back from the future. So... I really feel like Piper and Phoebe's roles kind of should have been reversed in this episode. This has kind of been a thing, right? Where they were really building up Phoebe to be a character who was interested in the scholarship of witchcraft. And now that's really been dropped for her. Yeah, because back in the day, I mean, also I know this was also a thing with Piper. So maybe Prue should be the kind of more doubting Thomas because that was her role early on. But they're definitely going in a different direction with her this season, so... But, yeah. Uh, Gabrielle points out there's a bunch of protective talismans. The evil witches hung around her property to ward off good witches. And Phoebe's like, whatever, it's just jewelry. And tries- We're the charmed ones! It's fine! Which is not an attitude she should have. I mean, Piper was the one who was using protective luck charms in that one Valentine's Day episode, but... Generally speaking, just, you know, witch... Magic is real? Yes. A, magic is real, and B, witch lore is something that Phoebe was very into previously, so having her just disregard the talismans is like... Yeah, no, there's a a lot of uh, bimbofication of Phoebe happening. So, the sisters realize that they don't have their powers when Prue tries to use telekinesis on one of the men, and it doesn't work. Yes, because when they cross the area where the talismans are... They get blasted back, and, and an ancient alarm goes off. An ancient car alarm goes off. And well, wouldn't you just think that the... Did, did they all know that the woman in the center of town is an evil witch, but they're cool with her? Because it seems weird that the witch hunters are like, those talismans magically shielded us from witches. Certainly the person who provided them isn't a witch herself. Oh, um, Eve clarifies that they are hunters of good witches because they actually work for oh okay yeah by the way 
poor Eve is the one who ends up getting shot in all of this. Yeah, because the girls are like, oh, well, just because the talisman stopped us from going towards them doesn't mean we can't use our powers to protect ourselves. Oh, wait, that thing from that other time travel episode where you can't use your powers if you travel back in time. Yeah, because if you travel to before you were born, the powers didn't exist yet. I like that. I like that mechanic. Something else we should just put in our back pocket until the Chris seasons. But, uh, yeah, also, that's kind of the thing if you go back in time, period, because they couldn't use their powers uh, when they went back in time within their lifetimes because their younger selves had their powers. Right. So, if... Theoretically, if you go back in time at all, you should not have access to your powers. Which is really cool. It makes your power something that is physically existing outside of you. I I like that. So, they completely fail to use their powers to stop the witch hunters and not Gabrielle gets shot in the arm. Yeah, she's fine. It's It's just an in and out on the arm. It's fine, but, you know... So then we see the evil witch kind of menacing Charlotte, just, you know. Not a blonde. Redhead. Yeah. Good for her. Although, I have so many questions. I mean, I I guess, I guess it can happen, but she's a redhead. The baby she's giving birth to is blonde. The Hallowell sisters, famously brunettes. Well, honestly, I think she looks, of all of the sisters, I think she looks most like Paige. That's true. She does look a lot like Paige. So. I wonder if that was to throw us off to make us not think that the baby she's giving birth to is Melinda Warren. Because heads up, the baby she's giving birth to is Melinda Warren. I don't think they were thinking like that. Mm. So. The evil witch talks in the shadows to the person who's pulling the strings and helping her do all of this. Yeah, she thanks him for beefing up her charms and... He steps out of the shadows and, oh my god, it's Julian McMahon in a silly wig. No, no, no. It's Cole in a silly wig. Yes, yes, because... Well, I guess he could be using a glamour. A silly glamour. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. His, As the Grimlocks pointed out, his human form is a disguise, apparently. Yeah. I mean, he's half human. That's true. But... Yeah, they they uh, they talked about how uh, his costume was nice. We've seen Balthazar before. We, we know what he looks like. But uh, he comes out in a silly wig and he's like, "Yes, I've been helping you, past witch." Doesn't really seem like he's whole assing this mission though. He's like, "Yeah, I'll. I'm just gonna play support on this one. Like, I'll boost up your powers a little bit. I'll, you know." I'll throw in a handful of anti-witch trinkets, but really I'm going to sit back and see how you handle this. Well, if anything, this makes me think of the Horsemen of the Apocalypse episode where the powers of good and evil actually are to some extent on the same side in that they're both players in this game where we as humans are only pawns. And it's kind of the same deal here, right? Like... Cole is manipulating this witch, and the elders are manipulating the charmed ones, but, you know, they're playing the same game with our lives. I'm just saying, Cole doesn't feel super invested in this woman actually undoing it. Yeah, right. Because Cole's just going through the motions. Okay, so, 
is this the episode where we can kind of officially put our finger on Cole actually catching feels for Phoebe instead of just trying to manipulate her? Yes, 100%. Because... I feel like the reason he doesn't succeed is because he has the feels for Phoebe. He doesn't want to... The Phoebe wanna... feels. The Phoebe... The the no, I'm not the doing Phoebes. that. The Phoebes. The Phoebes. Aw, Phoebes. By the way, uh... Shannon Doherty's looking great in this episode. Seriously, it's another one where I'm like, the hair and makeup people put extra time into her. She looks gorgeous. Which feels wasted on, you know, a subplot about some random past guy. Not e- It's like not even a C plot. It's like a F plot. As dull as the rock he's named for. Because his name is Micah. God. But he's, but the thing, the, the thing about it is though, it takes up almost none of the episode. It's, I guess, important for one plot point, but... Well, I mean, it's important in that he saves them, but no, that's... That is... That's why in my mind I, like, filled in an entirely different plot. Would have made sense. Although it would have made the thing at the end very creepy, but... Yeah. So, Piper stops the coven from cauterizing Eve's wound... And she's like, ah, we'll just use soap and water. And I'm like, Piper, the cauterizing is what makes it stop bleeding. The soap and water is what keeps it from being infected. Those are two different treatments for two different issues that you have with gunshots. But yes, she's uh, she's using good future magic. I do kind of like how pissed off Eve is because she's like, I called for the most powerful witches of all time, and you three don't have any powers, you know literally nothing about witchcraft, and you ignored me when I asked you to do one very simple thing. It really feels like the elders are dicking with me here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, on the one hand, I get her frustration, and on the other hand, from the point of view of the Charmed Ones, it's like, you called me! Point. But no, yeah, the elders are definitely dicking with her. I mean, if... (laughs) If they had sent Grams, this would have been over by now. Right? Grams would have just killed all the witch hunters, burned the castle to the ground, and, uh, yeah. Or, since this is time travel, you could have grabbed the Charmed Ones from several years from now when they know what they're doing better. Eh. I mean, do the Charmed Ones ever really know what they're doing? I feel like they could have done a better job than they do here. I just, I'm... Well, I get it. The point is to teach them a lesson. Right, right. A lesson that will, if you don't learn it, will go very poorly for everyone. I do want to bring up the thing with Piper, though, with the using soap and water to clean the wound. Uh, If you do happen to travel back in time far enough, uh, there's kind of like a, a subversive trope in time travel where you're like, oh, I know all this stuff, but none of it's useful. Because, like, I know about cars, but I don't know how to make one. I know about all that stuff. The most useful thing you'll probably know is germ theory. Mm. Wash your hands. Depending, you know, depending on how far back you go. Yeah. Just just tell, just tell the doctor to wash his hands between the part where he does the autopsy of a corpse and the part where he goes to another patient to deliver a baby. Literally tell him to wash his hands between those two things and you'll save so many lives. Which and then maybe he is a, as a witch. Yeah, although I was going to say, although, talk about, you know, oh, affecting the, the times. time stream. <laughs> Huge population boom. Oh, so Leo has taken Daryl up into the attic and he's going through the Book of Shadows. 
and he finds the Grimlocks, and he's like, oh, good. I know exactly who they are, and I know how to defeat them, and it looks like the girls left us some potions, so we're good to go. Yeah. Some potion ingredients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the potion uh, Which spell. Which I really like, because in the, in the last episode with the Grimlocks, Prue had to go out of her way to find, like, I want to say Chandra Root, Chandra Root, but some kind of root. Mm-hmm. I could be completely mixing up the name, but she needed to find, like, this special ingredient, and I, I do like the little thing where they're like, okay, we did kill these guys, but in case something happens where they come back, let's just staple all of the really hard-to-find ingredients directly to the page. I love when they do that. Yeah. So, okay, the... The Crimlocks are hanging out outside of the attic, and they're like, oh, we shouldn't be fucking around with these guys. We should be just waiting for the portal to reappear so that we can kill the Charmed Ones as soon as they come out of it. And the other one's like, yeah, but if these guys vanquish us, it won't do us much good. And they're like, oh, fine. But then, as soon as they burst into the attic, uh, Leo orbs himself and Daryl away, because, you know. Yeah. Not very far away, though. Also, Daryl shot them earlier. We kind of skimmed over it, but Daryl shot them, which makes him the second cop to shoot them because Andy also shot them. And the, uh, that was the, the episode with the Grimlocks was the one where Andy found out about demons. And uh, yeah, so they were shot by both Daryl and Andy. Now, do you remember when they got shot the first time if we saw them bleeding green? Because right now they're bleeding, like, green slime, which I think is supposed to be ectoplasm, signifying that they are dead and not living demons. Uh, I don't remember. I, I don't think there were wounds. This is one of the things. One of the Grimlocks talks about we need to take out the cop because there's only so much damage these bodies can take, which... Yeah, that makes sense because... You don't get you don't get a free pass when you cross over on All Hallows Eve. You get you know you get a chance, and then if you fuck around with the body you were given, then you find out. It's weird because just regular demons aren't vulnerable to bullets like that. I guess if I guess you don't come back strong from the dead. Yeah, I mean what you have is what you have is like a homunculus built out of ectoplasm because uh. you're because you're a, a, an embodied spirit. So, back in the past, the evil witch is doing a tarot reading, because, you know, she's got to kill time while this girl's in labor. Also, she's, you know, trying to see anyone who might be messing with her plans. Mm-hmm. And Cole's walking around like, I'm dressed this episode, take it in. Yeah, I'm dressed like Lestat from uh, Interview with the Vampire. And uh, he goes over to comfort the woman in labor, and she's like, don't touch me. I know what you are. And Cole's like, look, lady, I know I'm on Team Evil here, but really, I don't care what happens to you. So you might want to be a little bit nicer to me because I'm the one who's trying to make you comfortable, not raise your child evil. I'm just helping the lady who's going to raise your child evil. (laughs) Uh, and and it, I'm barely helping her. And in the tarot cards, she sees that the Charmed Ones have crossed over from the future. And Cole's like, oh, yeah, I figured that's what would happen because, you know. Elders, time portal. Right. Although, I, I want to just keep track of this. It It's just for me. It's not, you know, an important thing. Uh-huh. Add Cole to the list of characters who can time travel. Ah, uh, Yeah. 
Because yeah, they never really explain how he time traveled. Yeah, he seems like he just opens portals and can go back in time. Like, I kind of expected them to throw Tempest in there or something to have him say, like, you know, I'm doing, yeah, I got a time demon to do me a favor or something, like. I mean, there's an implication that all of this is happening because it's All Hallows' Eve and therefore the veil between not just the afterlife and this life, but also the veil between time is thin. I mean, that's explicitly what. But Cole said he moved up his timetable because of the Grimlocks. So this wasn't supposed to go down on Halloween. I mean, I guess when you're time traveling, you can time travel back to that day anytime you feel like it. In which case, you think he wouldn't have to move up the timetable because he'd be going back and... Mm. Well, this is this is one of those time travel uh, episodes where time moves simultaneously in the past and in the present. So, there is a, a ticking clock, as it were. Yes. So, down at the coven, Eve, who you've been calling Gabriella... Yes, Eve. <laughs> Eve is teaching the girls actual magic. Like actual, you build a you build a doll for sympathetic magic. You bury a potato to get rid of warts. Actual, get your hands dirty magic. And Phoebe's like, yeah, but like, none of this is real, right? Like, this is all just BS that you do to kill time because TV hasn't been invented yet. And it's like, really, Phoebe? Really? You've been a witch for like three years at this point really yeah um so i do like she tells phoebe that the reason that the witch's hat exists is to uh to be a conical shape that focuses the thoughts that's not a thing that's that's not what's going on but she just it's a very q-esque uh sequence where she's like... Q from James Bond. Q from James Bond, not Q from Star Trek. Where she's like demonstrating all of the items that they will use over the course of their mission. And uh, the most powerful thing of all is, of course, the broom. And Phoebe starts like rolling her eyes and doing jerk-off motions. And Eve is like, no, seriously. A broom you use to sweep away bad energy and you can use it to build a current of good energy. and. Mm-hmm. I really wish this stuff had stuck around more than in, you know, this one episode. That would have been neat. But Phoebe starts sweeping and she's like, oh, you mean like this? But then the broom starts going blue and she's like, oh. Yeah, because she has power. Because she is still a witch even though her charmed one power doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Their witch powers are general and stay with them throughout time. The active powers just don't come with them. Right. They don't get their active powers, but they are still witches, which is in some way different than mortals in this particular TV show. Meanwhile, Ren Fair. Yep, there's a Ren Fair going on. Also, the I don't know how long it's been, like 20 minutes? They're like, thank you, you've taught us everything we need to know. Time to go fight, which is fine, because, you know, they don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And, they yes. cut the whole Grimlock subplot, and they would have had more time, but... No, no, I meant, like, in... They don't have, like, months to be trained in witchcraft. Oh. I just meant the montage could have been longer. Oh, yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm fine with the Grimlock plot. It's not, like, it's not my favorite thing ever, but it doesn't ruin the episode or anything. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. It gives it gives Daryl and Leo something to do. Yeah, they need a little boys' adventure. Boys' night in. Yeah. So like the Coven's intern drops them off, and she's like, "Well, here are all your supplies. Good luck. I'm out of here." Yeah, they're like, "Sorry, we totally fucked that up before. We definitely won't do that again." Oh, also, they all have masks, like um, the kind of mask you wear on a stick over your face, mm-hmm. and they were told that this is specifically so that. Uh, you know, to hide from demons, which is very appropriate because Phoebe, in this manner, does not recognize Cole, who does totally recognize her. But to be fair, he knows Phoebe is there, so it makes sense for him to recognize her. And it makes sense for her to not recognize him outside of the context of where she expects to see him. Yeah, because she's like, you look familiar, but nah, Cole couldn't be this far back in time. So also the sympathetic magic worked to get them past the talismans. Yes. Or sympathetic is that the right? Uh, this wasn't sympathetic magic. This was um, no. What I like to call practical magic. <laughs> sympathetic magic is like a a voodoo doll is sympathetic magic. It's when a totem is used to represent a thing, mm. and then that, um, and then the work is done on the totem. Um, and I mentioned sympathetic magic specifically because she gave them all little, like, cornhusk dolls. So I assume she was teaching them that as well. Even though I don't think that comes to play later. I know Prue makes one really quickly when they're trying to gather, like, which stuff Oh, okay. during uh, the birth scene. But I don't know if she actually uses it when they confront the witch hunters at the end. Yeah. No, they take out the talismans with the with the broom by sweeping away. By sle- sweeping their path clear of evil. Yes. So, at this Ren Fair... Uh, A soothsayer approaches Phoebe and he's like, hey, how would you like to know the first initial of your one true love? And Phoebe's like, okay, so they're cool with you. You're far enough. I mean, I I guess they're only hunting good witches, but that seems close enough to good witchcraft that maybe you should be getting the crap kicked out of you by somebody right now. Maybe he only tells stories of heartbreak. (laughs) No, I specialize in the ones that really screw you over. We are, of course, referencing the classic Simpsons episode, Lisa's Wedding. Wow, you can see the present. (laughs) So the way that... That's such a good episode. That is a great episode. So the way that this magic works is he takes the peel of an apple, because apple is the fruit of knowledge, Mm. and then Phoebe focuses her, her love energy on it, and he drops it into the boiling cauldron, and it will form the initial of her true love. So lot, lots of uh, C's and S's, I'm assuming. <laughs> lots of C and S true loves, that's true. Very, very few true loves with M. Mm. Which, okay, so that brings me to my story that I was so excited to tell. Go for it. Okay, so when I was in high school, the game was you would take a soda, a soda can and you would move the tab back and forth, right? And... As you move the tab back and forth, you say the alphabet, right? A, B, C, D, E. And whenever it breaks, that's the initial of your true love, of the person you're going to end up with. Mm-hmm. And so we, I did that every day at lunch. And I would kind of cheat. Like, I would kind of pull extra hard when I got to M or C if it felt like it was loose enough so that I could have, um, you know an indication of the person I had a crush on whose initials were CM. And so much so that I saved any C or M I got, and I kept it all on a necklace, right? So I had a necklace of pop tabs that were all Cs and Ms. And then I married you, Max Carlton. 
And I hadn't even thought about it until I was, like, randomly telling you that story. And I was like, those are your initials. And my mind was blown. Yeah. Yeah. That's how prophecy works, though, right? Yes, that is how prophecy works. And for the record, you are, like, thousands of times better than Coop. I was about to say, because... Phoebe throws the apple peel into the boiling love cauldron and a sea rises out of it, which, duh, that's what, that's the shape apples take when you peel them. But a sea pops out and Phoebe's like, cool. And when she says Cole, Cole is like, oh, shoot. Don't worry, Cole. It's not you. It's fucking Coop. (laughs) But this is, this is the moment where I feel like Cole caught the feels. Yes. So, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do that thing where all of Phoebe's love interests from this point on had C names. I think they do. She's got Cole. She's got Coop. Who else does she have as a love interest? Dex. Oh, never mind. That guy from Sex and the City. And what was her boss's name? I don't remember. Yeah. Her boss at the newspaper, too. No, no, no. Not her boss. The guy who took over for her. No, no, the guy who bought the newspaper. Oh, okay. But yes, also the guy who took over for her, who is Leslie. Right, right, right. Who is played by someone from 98 Degrees, I think. I think. That's oh, yeah, it's Nick Lachey, right? Nick, yes, Nick Lachey. Back when his star was on the rise, as it were. Well, we're going to have a lot of time freeze when we get there. Mm. Or just that one, I guess. Oh, a time freeze and premonition, like, coming together. So... The the evil witch sees Phoebe and hypocritically is like, a witch! Which also feels like a callback to, uh, I know it's probably not, but it feels like a callback to uh, Morality Bites when Piper accidentally freezes the whole park. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that woman comes out of the bathroom and she's like, witch! Now, this is a weird thing to say I, I appreciate, but... I appreciate that the witch finders grab the sisters and that we see them uh, being hung. Mm-hmm. Hanged. Hanged. We see them being hanged because in America, witches were hanged, not burned. Mm. And I, I know that's, I mean, it's it's horrifying, but I'm like, I thank you for your historical accuracy. You were so mad in the episode, uh... I know, I was so mad where they talked about burning the witches in the Salem Witch Trials. Although, I, I have just accepted that this takes place in a slightly parallel universe where witches in Salem were burned. Well, I'm assuming that was probably a demon thing. I mean... The demons arranged for witches to be burned? Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Because we know uh, Melinda Warren was burned at the stake because... Uh... That warlock guy set her up. Matt, was it Matthew? Was Matthew? Yeah, I believe his name was Matthew. Yeah, I, I knew the warlock that threatened Patty, so they had to seal away the girl's powers. Also had like a super basic ass name, like the warlock Doug or whatever. Warlock Doug. It's not a very threatening name. God, that is such not a good reason to seal away the girl's powers, but. Eh. Grams knew the vanquishing potion and she had it all mixed up for them to use on him when he came back in the future. Well, now that was the reason they came up with, but we see what it's like being the mother of a, of a witch when uh, Wyatt's born. So there might have been a little bit of... Uh... Yeah, 
I bet, yeah, I, I bet that was totally an excuse because, you know, Gramps was cool looking after them when Patty was alive, but after Patty died, it was just her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? I'm not dealing with them freezing and <laughs> moving stuff. This, this all will go smoothly if I am the only one with powers. Right? She's like, I don't want you inventing dragons, okay? <laughs> so, anyway, the girls have all been hanged for witchcraft. Seriously, the show cuts to commercial and it comes back with a super effective and disturbing fake out of the three of them hanging. And uh, then Micah shows up and is like, hey, now that everyone's gone, I can cut you down because it turns out I tied the nooses in such a way that there was a harness around your body and you were okay. And nobody noticed. He was like, hey, I want to tie all of the nooses around all of the witches and I'm going to do a whole bunch of fiddly stuff underneath them that you just shouldn't pay attention to. And everyone's like, that's cool. Yeah, nobody noticed that he ran the, that he ran the noose around the waist before he tied it around their necks. Not not very observant witch hunters. I but... guess not. And uh, <laughs> Prue's all like, I knew it was you and I knew you would save us because you were smoldering at me. He's, she's like, I feel this connection between the two of us. And Piper's like, Prue, can you hurry it along here? We don't really have time for you making goo-goo eyes at, you know, Sir died hundreds of years ago. She's like, you really saved our necks. And he's like, hi, I'm Micah. And she says... I'm charmed. Uh, no, uh, I love it. It's so cheesy. I love it so much. Uh, anyway, then he says that he's essentially working with the Witchfinder so that he can follow them around and sabotage their efforts because they're yeah, bad. Yes. Good for him. I can definitely see why you thought his secret plot was that he was Melinda's dad. Yeah. Because otherwise it seems like a weird thing to kind of just fall into, but whatever. (laughs) So uh, Phoebe's like, wow, that guy's hot and he really likes you. It's too bad that he lives hundreds of years before you were born. It's too bad he's from Colonial Virginia. (laughs) Why are all the good men gay or from the past? From the distant past. Why are all the good men gay, married, or living in the ancient past? (laughs) (sighs) So back at the manor in the present, uh, Leo is cooking up the potion. And Daryl has another, so what are you? And Leo's like, I can't explain. It's too much. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Leo's mixing up the potion and it needs more time. God, yeah, it's it's the worst play, and Daryl's like, well, we only have so long before they come downstairs, and Leo's like, no, time, it's an herb, and Daryl's like, I could have been out with my kids. But also because this is a plot about time travel, right? So, so the, the important ingredient that they need is time. But Daryl basically does that thing where he, like, man-threatens Leo. He's like, I don't know who you are or what you are but I'm going to put my trust in you and I'm going to believe that you can get those girls home safe or else. And Leo's like, okay, buddy. Like, there's not a bunch of people I can look down on in this show. I'm sorry, Daryl, but you are one of those people. Oh, poor Daryl. I mean, he never really gets a plot and he gets picked. He gets beat up by the show so much. Yeah, the show is not good to him. It it's totally understandable that he decided to leave and go be on Baywatch nights instead. 
So the doorbell rings, it's trick-or-treaters, and Daryl opens the door, gives the kids all of the candy, and is like, tell all the other kids there's no more candy here. Then he slams the door shut, and uh-oh, it's the Grimlocks, and one of them, you know, starts sucking his eyesight out. It's it, it's interesting that they're going for Daryl's eyesight, not his aura. Right, I would think Daryl would have a very strong, good aura. Yeah. But Daryl distracts them with the flash of Prue's camera to escape. As Leo pointed out, they are normally subterranean creatures and thus fear the light. Also, congratulations, Daryl. You got way more use out of that camera than Prue ever did. Oh, poor Prue. I feel like they've already kind of been like, okay, we're bored of the photography stuff. Well, I do like that they showed us earlier. They didn't say anything about it. But they showed us earlier Prue setting up the camera with, um, with the, the, what, what is that thing called where when, when the button comes out from the camera so that you can take the picture while you're standing in front of the camera? Oh, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Anyway, they, uh, were setting up the camera so they could take a picture of all of them in their costumes before they left. Yeah. So the camera was set up on a tripod and it had the long distance clicker thing. Long distance clicker, that's what we'll call it. Yep. So the girls are using their newfound witch powers and the fact that everyone thinks they're dead to infiltrate, you know. The evil witch's evil castle. Yep. And uh-oh, they're tracking off Prue's boyfriend. Yep, they were like, hey, Micah, it seems like things never work when you do them. So, uh... Yeah. I like the actress they've got playing the evil witch. She's got real good evil witch energy. She doesn't actually do that much in this episode, but... She doesn't. Now, there's a moment. There's an interesting moment here where Phoebe kind of looks at her, and you know Phoebe's always been afraid of turning evil because she was the one who was cut off from her sisters, and also... She was born directly over the Nexus. She was born directly over the Nexus. And when she went and saw her past life, she saw that she was evil in a past life. And the way that it, it's it's just a direction. There's nothing spoken. But the way she looks at the evil witch, you can tell she's concerned that this might be her destiny. And it's a particularly appropriate that she would be worried about that in the episode where, as you say, Cole catches the feels for her. Mm. I didn't really pick up on it when I used to watch Charmed back in the day, but I love how much, you know, they're planting the seeds for Phoebe being evil. I wish the plot had gone down better, but, like, they really put in the long game with establishing that this is something Phoebe does have to struggle with, that she is more susceptible to this sort of thing than her sisters. Phoebe is drawn to the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Charlotte's giving birth. It's messy, because everything about this is disgusting! Yes. So, the three sisters pop into the room, and uh, they're like, we're good witches, and we're here to help you, and and Charlotte's like, no! It's a trick! You're just trying to trick me! And And Piper goes up to her, and she's like, hey, shut up, and does acupuncture on her? Acupressure. Acupressure. She presses on her spine, and she's and Charlotte's like, "Oh my God! Suddenly, childbirth doesn't hurt at all." That's not how that works at all. That's not. I would also think Phoebe would be the one who would know acupressure, but yeah, yeah that does seem like. I mean, she lived in New York. She lived in New York. 
also she went to college yeah this isn't one of the times when we can pick up the she's a psych student but so they get the laboring charlotte out of the house and to the altar that they arrived at i guess she has to give birth at the altar so that her child will be good sure you're just gonna shoot beams of witchly goodness at the child from the altar that's how that works (laughs) and the girls don't understand why they haven't left back home yet yeah they got her to the altar come on they're like we put right what once went wrong when are we going to leap and then they're like i mean i don't know why they don't realize that they have to deliver the baby (laughs) right it seems pretty obvious they're like yeah we got her to the finish line isn't that close enough (laughs) oh and then they're trying to figure out who's going to deliver the baby. And Phoebe's like, hey, Piper, I saw you had a kid in the future. Why don't you do it? Therefore, you you have the most experience, even though you haven't had it yet. Since in the future you will have given birth to a baby, you are the most qualified to deliver this baby now. I would say because you apparently know acupressure. Right? What's that about? I mean... I just, I do really love the... Uh, tone when she's like i'm using good magic to show you that we're good witches and proves like good magic just the way holly marie comes delivers the line acupressure (laughs) i feel like in an emergency i could deliver a baby that had no complications i mean at that point you're basically just guiding it yeah 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 Yeah, I, i could see that yeah also it's dark now yeah, well, they say it's 11 o'clock, and we know the baby is born, like, at midnight, so. Mm. Wonder if that was one of the things that made Melinda Warren so powerful. Being born at midnight, the witching hour. On All Hallows' Eve. Yes. So, the girls are doing the, the folk magic that they've learned, and Cole is watching them, and he's like, oh, interesting. They're leveling up. I do really like this, because... They're, they're at the altar and they're like, okay, we need to defend her because the witch hunters are coming, but we don't have our supplies. What is around us? What can we MacGyver into witch stuff? And Prue, like, folds a corn husk into a doll. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they wrap a laurel leaf around an apple, right? Wisdom and protection. That's one of the things that Eve told them. Mm-hmm. And they cast a protective circle around her that is doing... Most of the job. Yeah, it it forms a kind of force field that stops the uh, witch hunters from being able to approach them, but they can still shoot guns through it, so it's not perfect. Yeah. And the baby is born. It's a girl, but the witch hunters are still there. And then Phoebe realizes that what she has to do is ride the broomstick and distract them like, like E.T., and she's really lucky that this freaks them out so much they all run away. I would think that they would be freaked out so much they all ran away from the force field. But no, it is... Fe- well, the force field is similar enough to what the talismans did. Mm, point. But yes, Phoebe puts on the conical hat. She sweeps a whole bunch of magical energy into the broom. And then she flies across the moon cackling. Like Elizabeth Montgomery. Yes. Osmolano can do a pretty good cackle. I wish that got more play and less of her baby voice. And Cole's like, oh my god, that's so hot. Yeah, Cole's like, damn, I could really get into that. And the evil witch is like, 
okay, you need to help me. We're losing. We're losing the baby to good. And he's like, yeah, you lost. I'm going back to the future. Bye. <laughs> feels like I'm... <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, but I barely cared about this before. I barely cared when we were winning. I'm definitely not sticking around now. <laughs> so, yeah, flying over the moon distracted the witch hunters. The baby was born. Everything is everything is pleasant. And it is now that we are given the shocking reveal that the baby's name is Melinda Warren. Yes, because the sisters, despite having delivered the baby and saved the baby and delivered her in the right way to make sure she grows up good forever... Uh, despite all that, they're still stuck in the past. Also, them learning a bunch of stuff about magic, which I believe was the real goal of this. Yes, of course. But no, they needed to learn for some reason that the baby they delivered was Melinda Warren. Because, eh? They needed to understand they are connected to a tradition of witchcraft, not just through... Uh, not, not just through the fact that they work witchcraft, but literally, like, through their... through their mothers, right? Yeah. Also, Melinda Warren is sort of the source of their big powers. Mm-hmm. She's... God, it's kind of hard to describe why she's special, isn't it? Because she's not the Charmed Ones, but she's where the legacy that would one day provide the Charmed Ones began. So Melinda Warren had all three of the powers. Yeah. And we knew that at some point, one of her descendants would have three daughters who would each have the powers. And every descendant after her had only one of those three powers. Mm -hmm. So she was just very, very powerful. She was so powerful that at one point her spirit would be embodied in three different people. Because that's how many normal people it takes to hold her spirit. Yeah. Honestly, it really kind of feels like Melinda Warren should have been like the big chosen (laughs) one special person. The charmed one. Yeah, But but she can't... Oh, wait. It's time travel. She could go back in time and deliver herself, I guess. But, uh, yeah, she's... I think the important thing with her is that she is where the Hollowell line begins. Yes. They, like, they have a very specific point. Despite the fact that she has, you know, like, a mom and stuff, this is where the, well, this is where the Warren line begins. It begins with her. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even have a P name. I like that we know that she's a powerful witch, and that is why the line begins with her. And not that it was part of her birth, right? She's not the product of true love or anything like that. It's it's because she herself was powerful. Hmm. She also, I believe, started the Book of Shadows, right? That was the thing with her? I think she did start it, yes. Like, she wrote the Warren's first book, the Hollowell's first Book of Shadows. So, yeah, I do kind of like the idea that she kind of made a destiny for herself that she became so powerful that she mm-hmm. yeah and the charmed ones they like they're obviously they're the most powerful witches in the universe but there's three of them well and also i feel like because of all of the things we talked about earlier with their powers being bound they were cut off from that part of their of their heritage so they needed to you know if only they ever talked to other witches, but that's a whole different kettle of bats. You know, this reminds me of the episode of Once Upon a Time, where Emma travels back in time and sees her parents get together, yeah. so she feels a connection to her family. Mm-hmm. So. This also reminds me of something from Legendborn, but I don't want to say it because it might be a spoiler for Legendborn, which is an amazing book that everyone should read. Seriously, read Legendborn. I need to read the sequel, like, right now, and I'm afraid it won't come out if more people don't buy and read Legendborn. 
Emma, you met your parents. Why would you want to be more a part of that family? <laughs> oh. Anyway, Leo throws the potion on the Grimlocks to vanquish one of them right before the uh, the girls come through the portal. And Prue, like, magically picks up, because the, the other potion missed and broke on the ground, and Prue just telekinetically picks it up and throws it on the other Grimlock, and he's like, la, 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 la. Oh, It's kind of gruesome. It's it's for a charm vanquish. You see their skin melt off. Yeah, it is pretty uh, explicit, yeah. So... They're like, man, we had a rough night. And Leo's like, me too. And Daryl comes down the stairs and he's blind. And he's like, I also did not have a good time tonight. And Leo's like, oh, wait, I can heal that. And he puts his hand over Daryl's eyes and he brings the color back into them. And then it looks like they might kiss, but they don't. No, sadly. And then we're out at P3. I can't believe after everything that they've all dealt with. They were go- They went out to a club to party after that. It's technically. I was gonna say it's technically work, but they are just sitting there drinking. So they yeah. should be working right now. But and I mean, I would be staying home after that. I'd be like, yeah. no. That was enough excitement for one night. So the band is like cranberry zombie milkshake or something. Yeah, it's it's some goth band. Something something symphony, I think. Yeah. Dark Halloween Symphony. Mm, I don't know. Whatever. But the music is so bad. I I legitimately thought it might be a fill-in song, but no. no. it's not. It, it's like... It's so, so bad. It sounds like stock music that you would buy to fill out the background of a scene. But no, apparently uh, this was good enough for the WB to want to advertise... So, um, this is a Halloween party that they're at, and, uh, somebody in the background wore a Santa costume for Halloween. And, I mean, I guess that's technically a costume, so, uh, okay, I guess, but, like... Are you joining the war on Christmas, Tina? Yes, I, I am, I am. In the war on Christmas... I am fighting the Halloween front. We are holding the line at October 31st. Christmas may not encroach before then. It's true. Christmas has subsumed Thanksgiving, but Halloween has been holding it off for some time. Halloween is pretty strong. I mean, it's hard, though. When I see, sometimes I see Christmas decorations come up before Halloween, and I'm like, no. (laughs) Anyway, Micah's identical descendant comes and is like, hi there. I this trope so much this is one of my least favorite tropes it's a completely different person i have no problem with identical descendants it's weird you're supposed to act like you have the same relationship with this person just because they look like their ancestor or well i mean to be fair she didn't actually have a relationship with micah so true and it's not like we're gonna see this guy again so whatever now cole comes in and y'all he dressed like an angel I was kind of hoping if you were going to do Cole as an angel, you would have gone a little sexier with it. Is it is not sexy at all. He's wearing like a choir robe and gigantic wings. Like, if you're going to do an angel thing and you're Cole Turner, like, do like the kind of battle tunicky kind of thing. I don't want to get too much into my time freeze here. Okay. Are you going to say he should have dressed as uh, John Travolta's Michael? No, I was going to say he should have dressed the way Leonardo DiCaprio did in Romeo plus Juliet. Mm. But, yeah. 
he and Phoebe have a little flirty conversation where he's like, oh, I'm not really an angel. And she's like, oh, neither am I. Wink, wink, wink. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, you know. I know that you're just doing that to make a disturbing sex sound since this is an audio medium, mm. but uh, I, I, I'm sad our listeners will never know how disturbing that, <laughs> that, that gesture is. Yeah, there was a lot of handwork there. Handwork. <laughs> so yeah, this was a really good episode. I know we spent a lot of time saying not kind things about it. I feel because... like we also praised this one quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's how podcasts work. You, if you're looking at the minutia of an episode, you're going to come up with some bad stuff that you don't. But if you're, no, this this is one of the stronger episodes of Charmed, possibly the strongest. I wouldn't swear to it, but it's definitely in the running. Mm, yes. And uh, once the series is over, we can look back on all of the episodes and be like, I kind of don't remember what happened when. <laughs> Because I remember oh, thinking, oh, that's accurate. I remember thinking after we finished Once Upon a Time. I don't think I could parse out singular episodes of that show at all. Like, I remember series arcs, or season arcs, but I couldn't tell you what happened in specific episodes. Yes, uh, same here for the most part. I Unlike Buffy. Which yeah. Is... I mean, I know I watched Buffy more than Once Upon a Time, but we did a whole podcast about Once Upon a Time where we talked about it episode by episode, so. I believe this will bring us to our segments. Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three we can tap into. The first of those three powers is, of course, Premonition, where we look into the past, present, and future and see who is, was, or will become famous later. Did you look anything up? Uh, No, because there was nobody. Do you know there was nobody? I don't know that there was nobody, but I feel fairly certain that there was nobody. Why? Do you have uh, someone? No, I've got nothing. Uh, It's weird because there were so many guest stars in this episode. I feel like we should have been able to pull something. And some of them have really long IMDb's, like where they were guest stars on every procedural ever. But no, nobody, nobody who is, was, or will become famous. Yeah, there's a lot of generic face yeah not even hey it's that guy's just yeah so the woman who played uh much like phoebe no premonitions this episode oh yeah that's true that's true so that will bring us to the second power in our pack time freeze well what specifically dated this episode for you so i mean this is weird right because it's time travel so it's harder to do than normal. There, there wasn't really anything that dated it to the period it was at. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, and this is really a stretch, uh, the Cole as an angel uh, makes me think of the Claire Danes as an angel, Leo DiCaprio as a knight in, or a pilgrim, because, you know, Shakespeare, in uh, Romeo plus Juliet. But that's a stretch. Okay, I feel like... Mine is also kind of a stretch because it's not like she ever stopped being famous, but I feel like this was sort of the last time period where you could reasonably expect the mass public to recognize an Elvira outfit. Oh. I know Elvira is still around and doing stuff. I believe she was recently in a uh, Scooby-Doo movie. I think that's correct, yes. And, uh, you know, I, I love Elvira, but I feel like she hasn't been a household name for quite some time. 
I honestly think it might have been a few years after that when she left the public consciousness, but uh, ish. Mm-hmm. But I feel like having someone dressed as Elvira is sort of era specific. Yes. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I guess that that works for a time freeze. Or whatever the hell Prue is dressed as. I, that's yeah. not a time freeze. That's a that's a Prue. What's happening in your brain? Freeze, freeze. So I believe that will take us to our final segment, telekinesis. What if anything genuinely moved you? Oh my god! Um, choosing just one. Wow. I'm gonna go with Cole's response when he sees the he sees the sea and Phoebe's like Cole. But there's a lot. This is weird because I really like this episode, but I didn't feel particularly genuinely moved by anything. Oh, also, when magic starts to work for them without... When practical magic starts to work for them, that's... That moves me, too, because it's like... I feel a connection to a great good. Well, I do actually have one of our two secret powers Mm -hmm. uh our powers have evolved over time and uh i believe i experienced our newest power levitation in this episode what was a fuck yeah moment for you what moment made you feel like you were flying oh what was your what was your fuck yeah moment i mean it's very on the nose but it was phoebe flying across the moon your levitation was the levitation i genuinely liked her the whole sequence of her building up the magic in the broom and then just kind of leaning into this whole witch thing. It, it, it kind of bothered me throughout the episode that they're taking Phoebe really far away from who she was in the first couple of seasons. Well, I was going to say, I feel like as the show goes on, it's going to really do Phoebe dirty. So it's good to see her here kicking ass. Because the thing is, a lot of this episode felt like we're just, we're moving Phoebe away from who she was. Mm-hmm. Phoebe is a new character now. Her whole thing is going to be about... Love and giving terrible advice. Yeah. But For it, this was, m- it was still really cool to see her embracing her witchcraft for this moment in time she was flying yes and uh unless you have one of the secondary powers i do not i believe that'll about do it for this week so i oh the next episode we're talking about is sight unseen and shouldn't that have been the one with the grimlocks right Anyway, the description on Peacock is, the sisters are stalked by an evil force that breaks into their house. Wow. That, that is the most generic description for an episode of Charmed ever. All the Peacock descriptions are like that. Yeah, thanks, Peacock. I mean, I guess I could go to Wikipedia. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, I think that does do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Manor.